This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness, and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. back to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. Today I'm going to answer the question, what is self-care? Most of what I'm going to explain to you today actually comes from the first module in my Prioritize You e-course, which is currently one of the free resources that I offer on my website. So if you're interested in the rest of the course, just head on over to www.selfcareforteachers.com.au and sign up for Prioritize You, which is the Um, e-course. So this is the first module from that. So what exactly is self-care? Well, it depends who you ask. Uh, If you think of a health field, um, you may be familiar with the word as it applies to a patient doing the homework that their medical practitioner has set them in order to manage their condition. For example, a diabetic monitoring their blood glucose levels throughout the day. Um, I don't have a thyroid, so I also have to make sure that I take my thyroid medication uh, every day. That's kind of the the medical definition. Some people define it more as preventative medicine. So eating right, exercising, getting regular, you know, checkups. And other people in the self-care space seem to focus mainly on that pampering and personal care idea. Um, You know, getting a massage, getting a manicure, that sort of thing. If you ask me, it's all of the above and more. I believe there are five main facets to self-care. Physical mental, emotional, personal, and spiritual. Most of us are familiar with that physical side of things. That's that preventative care stuff, getting enough sleep, eating right, whatever that means for you, exercising, um, you know, taking your medication, as well as personal care, um, which is, yeah, those things like beauty, personal grooming, and pampering. Those are the two that most people are really familiar with, that personal and the physical facets of self-care. The mental and the emotional categories can have a lot of crossover, but in general, mental self-care relates to our thinking and it involves our self-talk, you know, goal setting and other activities like mindfulness and meditation that all impact our mental health. Meanwhile, the emotional self-care is exactly what it sounds like. It's about your feelings. Uh, It also includes the overall level of happiness that you feel in life, um, how you feel about your feelings and, and the values and beliefs that often govern our emotional responses. That emotional self-care is also often the place that I focus on in my well-being coaching because that's the one that when we unpack it, the emotional and the mental um, both really impact our, our self-care as a whole. So when we unpack those things like our values and beliefs, it can make a big difference in the way we approach self-care. And it, you know, we can overcome our barriers to self-care, which tend to be mental and emotional uh, more than physical or personal. The, the last facet is spiritual self-care. Um, and that's something that some people need more of than others. It includes any faith or religious practices, but if that's not for you, it's simply those activities that give your life meaning and purpose. Further to that, there are other activities and categories such as professional self-care, financial self-care, 
you know, self-care for a, as a family? How does the family look after itself? All of those things can also be categorized as self-care and they kind of come under their own little uh, categories, um, but it just depends how far you want to take the concept really. So I look at those five main facets to self-care, physical self-care, mental self-care, emotional self-care, spiritual self-care and personal care as the, the main five that most of us need to cover most days in order to feel like we're achieving a certain state of well-being. I look at self-care as a practical application of self-love mixed with a good dash of self-responsibility and a little bit of self-indulgence. It's not selfish. Uh, in fact, in its essence, self-care is quite selfless. It's the thing that allows us to continue to show up in life, being our best, ready to contribute to society and nurture those around us. Without it, we aren't really much good to anyone at all. And that's why on aeroplane safety demonstrations, they tell you to fit your own oxygen mask before assisting others. If you don't, you will soon run out of air and you won't be able to help anyone, even if you want to. Unfortunately, as a society, we aren't very good at prioritising ourselves. In fact, for a long time, there's been an underlying sense that to do so is wrong. For women, especially because society's roles so often involve nurturing and nourishing others, and that job is never-ending, nurturing and nourishing of the self is often left until last. Meanwhile, men have the task of providing and protecting, so they too can end up at the bottom of their list. So often we ignore our own needs until the point that we are burnt out and we have absolutely nothing left to give anyone, let alone ourselves. Even then, even when we need it the most, a lot of us have blocks to receiving care, both from ourselves and from others. These are our self-care sabotages or the barriers to self-care that I mentioned earlier. And they're generally a pattern of thoughts, beliefs and behaviours that actively undermine our desire and ability to look after our own needs. Most of the time they're unconscious patterns that we don't even realise are holding us back. But once we start to explore them, they can be changed should we desire it. That's what I help people with through wellbeing coaching, examining those barriers to self-care and working through them so you can upgrade your level of self-care in your life and achieve a greater state and sense of well-being. This episode is being released on the 8th of March 2017, which is International Women's Day. It's not an accident that I've timed the What is Self-Care episode for International Women's Day. As you're probably well aware, teaching is a predominantly female workforce. Although it's hard to be 100% certain without asking every single one of my newsletter subscribers what gender they identify with, as far as I can tell at the moment, every person on my newsletter list is a female. Up until this point, uh, so over about the last two and a half years, all but two of my coaching clients have been female. This does not mean that I'm not interested in coaching men. I absolutely am. Actually, I think it speaks to a larger issue of men being less likely to seek help when they need it, especially when it's an emotional issue they might be dealing with. However, it does mean that my experiences as a woman myself, as a teacher in a predominantly female workforce, and as a coach working with mostly women, I've ended up making a number of observations about self-care and how it tends to relate to women. What I've observed is that women are far more concerned with the idea of self-care being selfish than men are. Women feel guilty, like a lot. In fact, some women that I talk to tell me they feel guilty all the time. 
most of the time that guilt is completely unfounded. There are so many messages about how we should be in the world. And if we aren't living up to somebody else's ideal, we're really good at beating ourselves up. Sometimes it's the people in our lives, other women included, and sometimes it's the marketing being directed towards us as women that exacerbates this feeling of guilt and not being enough. If you haven't yet seen it, um, have a look at the As a Guilty Mum advertising parodies on, uh, on YouTube from the ABC TV show The Checkout a couple of years ago, and you can really get a sense of the way advertising uses this sense of guilt that many women, especially mothers, but women in general feel, in order to motivate us to buy their products. Guilt is the number one barrier to self-care that I see over and over in my practice and in the general conversations that I have about self-care. The fact of the matter is that it's really useful to a lot of other people's agendas if women as individuals and as a group stay stuck in feelings of guilt, comparison and low self-worth. These feelings are all normal to a point. Everybody, men included, feels them from time to time. But chronic feelings of guilt and low self-worth exacerbate and accelerate the path to burnout. The barriers to self-care are largely mental and emotional. The main ones that I see, aside from guilt and having a sense of not being good enough, is resentment, martyrdom, a sense of our identity being tied to something that's actually unhealthy. For example, Rebecca talked about busy becoming her identity in episode three of the podcast. Our self-talk, whether positive or negative, has a big impact. Our daily habits can be either promoters of or barriers to self-care. And our values and beliefs also can promote or hinder our attempts at self-care. Clutter is another big one. And it's not just you know, physical environmental clutter in the house, although that is a huge contributor. Uh, it's also mental clutter. It's, it's being disorganized to a point where you never really have clarity about anything. Uh, overscheduling is another one. Inability to say no, that people-pleasing, that perfectionism. They're all barriers to self-care and they affect men as well as women. But that guilt factor impacts women very deeply. I haven't done any scientific studies yet to prove that there's a link between the problem with teacher burnout and the fact that teaching is a predominantly female workforce and women tend to put themselves last more often and therefore end up feeling burnt out more often. At the moment, this is just a correlation and observation of mine, but I'd be interested to know whether you think there's a link. What I do know is that putting yourself last all the time is a recipe for disaster. Those feelings of guilt and low self-worth are very common, but they can be overcome. When I was thinking about the theme of International Women's Day, Be Bold for Change, I came across a quote by the African-American feminist Audre Lorde, which says, Caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. This quote speaks to me particularly on this issue because it directly addresses the fear of self-care being perceived as selfish or self-indulgent and therefore feeling guilty when we practice self-care. As the quote says though, it is not self-indulgent. It is self-preservation. In times when women still haven't achieved parity 
and when burnout is impacting our predominantly female profession in such large numbers, then we need to keep ourselves whole and well in order to go on working towards change. To me, self-care is one of the most powerful daily acts that we can use to be bold for change this International Women's Day and every other day of the year as well. The fact is we get what we accept only when we treat ourselves as the most important person in our lives and stop tolerating poor treatment from ourselves will we start to find it easier to stop tolerating poor treatment from others. And only then will we see real change, whether it be in the gender equality arena or the teacher workload and well-being conversation. So this week, I want to challenge you to do something extra to fill your own cup. Whether it's in one or all five of the facets of self-care, take stock of where you're at. Sign up for the Prioritize You e-course because it steps you through uh, seven simple ways that you can include more self-care in your life. And remember, when you start feeling guilty for putting yourself first, that no other person on this planet has as vested an interest in your health and well-being as you do. So now is the time to step up and make it a priority. Be bold for change and have a good week, everyone. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Don't forget there's also a review competition to celebrate the start of the podcast. So if you leave a review in the iTunes store before the 31st of March 2017, you'll go into the running to win some great prizes. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there.